And welcome back to Comics Exchange, your friendly neighborhood podcast. As always, to my left, we have the terrifying Ryan Shipley. Yeah. Is it terrifying because uh, yesterday was 4th of July and all the fireworks? No, it was more of a DC reference, but uh, okay. we, we can go with the fireworks. Yeah. You, you get terrified of the fireworks? I don't, but you know, some dogs do. Uh, indeed, they do. I used to work for a, a company that did like uh, dog fences, like mm-hmm. for to keep dogs electric fences. And we would have so many people call the next day and say, hey, can you let people know to look for my dog? Because the dog would bark. Because sometimes they get so terrified that they're willing to take that. I guess we would too if we didn't know what was going on. If we just walked outside and all of a sudden everything around us is exploding. exploding. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Things are a little rearranged at the table today. Across from me, we have the owner of Knoxville's longest-running comic shop, Mr. Bill Langford. Bienvenidos. I think there's fireworks going on between the two of you being across from each other. (laughs) But it's not just the three of us. We bring another special guest into the shop tonight with Mr. Corey Martinez. Hey, Corey. Happy to be here. Yes, happy to have you. Yeah, it's good to have you here. Tell back your story now. We got to get back to your I want to hear the story. Which story was it? You were about to tell something, and you said, wait a minute, let's get into the introductions. What were we talking about, Ravami? The dog fence. Oh. The fireworks. So, so no, 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 no. Mildly electrocuting <laughs> dogs. It neck. was, there was a, when I lived in um, Fourth and Gill, Third and Lamar, actually, to be specific. It was yeah. really close to campus. My favorite Less Than Jake album. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a ska guy out there right now that's enjoying that joke. A, um, so we had a, um, I think it was a Bashan and it's kind of like a smaller dog. And uh, we live so close to campus that on game days, whenever Tennessee would score a touchdown and they set off the uh, the fireworks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, our little dog would uh, would hop in the, under the bed and oh, hide no. or, or behind the, the chair. No, uh, <laughs> nah, we, we got that... We uh, we sent that dog back. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh wow! The first okay. one, yeah, the first one was. So the Bichon would hide. The Bichon yeah. would hide. So anytime it was game day, we had to make sure that either we were home or yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We gave her we gave her half a Benadryl. Yeah. <laughs> now I will say at the beginning of this episode, uh, just because if something big happens the next week, the reason we didn't talk about it is yes, we are yes. recording this uh, the last week of June. Yes, we are time travelers. We are time travelers. But yeah, but so but seriously, so. We're not recording, but there are actually some big news breaks, stuff that happened today, mm. which I'm so thankful that it happened today while we're recording. Mm-hmm. Yes. The biggest is probably, I guess, what the, the announcement of they've actually cast Superman and Lois. Yes, yes. And, and there have been several people rumored for a while, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Like uh, I heard Nicholas Holt's name. Austin Butler. I heard Austin Butler. Yep. That was the big one. and um, But it looks like it's uh, David Korn. Corinne and Sweat. Gazoon <laughs> type. Thank you. And Rachel Brosanen. Okay. Yeah. Do not. <laughs> Those are probably not the pronunciation. That sounds very official. Um, I know the uh, the actress that's playing Lois. Uh, she was she? on House of Cards and really is well known for the marvelous Miss Maisel on Amazon. Oh. Yep. Yeah, that's actually a pretty good casting. Yeah, she's fantastic on that show. So I think she's going to bring some great stuff to, to Lois. Now... David, mm-hmm. he's been on a lot of like Ryan Murphy Netflix things uh, in the past uh, the past few years, like um, Pushing Daisies. Or no, it was ABC, wasn't it? That wasn't. Um, Is that not Ryan Murphy? That wasn't Ryan Murphy. You're just so embarrassing yourself. God, the... <laughs> can we just start over? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but I, I saw a picture of him online, and, and he looks this David Cornsweat. He looks like <laughs> he looks uh, he looks a lot like Henry Cavill. He does very similar. Uh, yeah, very similar. I think he looks like a mixture of him and Brandon Ruth. That's exactly what okay. I was about to say. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, yeah, and the guy who plays him now. 
I think that guy looks weird. Is that? Yeah. Can I say that? The guy that plays him now? Yeah, on Lois and Clark. Well, Spit, I guess yeah. he doesn't have that he big, weird. He doesn't have the muscular, mm-hmm. the big look that we're used to with Superman. Mm-hmm. He's more got a swimmer, swimmer yeah. body. Yeah. I um, mean, so if we're just talking about the prototypical Superman look, right. I mean, which actor do you think has gotten closest? Cavill. Oh. Henry Cavill. Yeah. For sure. Okay. Yeah. For, for me. More so than Christopher Reeve, I guess. Oh. Okay, fair. That's a tie. I'll give you a tie on that one because they're, they're both like exactly. Now the guy who originally was Superman back in the 1930s or 40s, George I've Reeves. No, yeah, no, <laughs> God rest his soul. Yeah. I have no idea how he ever got cast for the part. He does not. Not your Superman. Like huh? Not my Superman. <laughs> it was a different era back then. I guess Rod. so. Simpler times. Yeah, you know, Andy, Andy Griffith wouldn't have been the sheriff in my town, but in Mayberry, <laughs> that man was yeah. stopping crime. But no, Reeves. I think Reeves is probably what I think of when I think of what Superman. Chris Reeves. Like. Yeah, yeah, Christopher Reeves. Um, if uh, I would say maybe he if he had Henry Cavill's musculature, that's what I was gonna say. Uh, Cavill would had kind of filled out the uniform more. Yeah, but uh, if we take out the original guy, who would you say is the modern day the worst of the ones? Like for me, it's probably Brandon, and that's more just because the worst Superman. I think so. And that's the guy just from mainly. Superman Returns. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Are we just doing movies or can I put Tom Welling in there? Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, he was a good Clark Kent and Superman at that he age. Was a, yeah, he? he was never really Superman on the show, so I shouldn't. Yeah. Um, I th- and I think Brandon, for me, it's just because he got stuck in one of the worst Superman movies. He did. It is bad. It's um, so bad. It was a drama. It's a nice love letter, though, to the Christopher Reeves version of Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. yeah. Um, I do love the airplane part when he's saving the crashing plane. The airplane scene cool. is phenomenal, but it's yeah. one of only two or three action scenes in the entire movie. Yep. There's not a lot yeah. going on. Though, I can't accept mm-hmm. Smallville hate. I can't, oh. I can't accept oh, Smallville. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's can't already friction at the table. Can't do that. Yeah. You a big Smallville fan? Yeah, so... Smallville, and just to like date myself, yeah, uh, came out 2001. I was six years old. First oh, God, time. hang on a second. Let's let's recover from that. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness! It was the first time I had ever seen anything comic book related. Okay, oh, wow. uh, we didn't have cable growing up, so mm-hmm. yeah. it was all network television. Yep. Saw the first episode of Smallville. Stars in my eyes. Yeah, it nice. was. That's what led me to comic books in the first place. So oh, I, wow. I will not take any Smallville slander. So you started season one, episode one. Mm-hmm. Wow. Huh. At the beginning, yeah, that's cool. And you would just like watch it with your family. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you stayed through the whole. Oh God, no! There's ten okay. seasons. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I stayed. I stayed probably until season five. Okay. Uh, when they had Doomsday, who was played by. Look it up, Shipley. Sam Whitwer. But I did end up going back and finishing Smallville you a did. few years ago. Okay. That's cool. yes. How did the season six through ten? Ten, yeah. I'll be honest. I was a little disappointed they never got to him actually being Superman. Right. I was yeah. kind of waiting for that payoff, and yep. it never happens. You'd think ten seasons, they might be able to squeeze right. that in somewhere. Do you think if Smallville had ran today that they would have got to Superman earlier? Because it seems like once the CD, CW stuff started happening... Putting the characters in costumes seemed to be cool because I think a lot of the old stuff, like you look at the first X Men movie and all that, mm-hmm. they kept them out of like any kind of traditional s- superhero yeah. costumes. And and I th- part of that's because budget, of course, you know, it's yeah, more expensive yeah, yeah. when you, once you put them in the costume, you have the effects. Now you're spending more money on the ep- every episode. Yeah. And the second thing is, and we don't think about this a lot as comic book fans, 
but not every outfit that plays in comic book form in two dimensions will, will play in three dimensions. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So even if you like, for instance, uh, Spider-Man. Ryan, you're a Spider-Man fan, right? I like him a little bit. And so um, I remember when the first Spider-Man movie came out, one of the, the points of contention with the fans was people, a lot of the fans were upset about their raised webbing on the, the uniform, like on the, the costume. Silver. Yep, yep, yep. The kind of... And the reason they do it is because it gives it more of a three-dimensional in real life and on film of more of a three-dimensional look and it doesn't look like a guy in a Spider-Man yep. pajamas running around. And so with the X-Men, they did the same thing except they couldn't figure out a good way to do it. Sometimes they would do the X as an embossed X. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. But they just went more with the Grant Morrison look with the, the leather jackets and the turtlenecks. And yep. Do you think that those X-Men outfits were influenced by Blade at all? Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I think uh, they were probably influenced of the time. I yeah, mean, right, yeah, because right. you had, you know, I wouldn't even like say the influence of Matrix either, because I think they both oh, came out the same yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's just probably what was like in fashion at that point. Black like, leather, right? Yeah. But uh, but and then and, and it's a shame because mm-hmm. for me, I would love to see have seen Hugh Jackman one time in the Wolverine, the traditional. Maybe we'll see it in Deadpool. Even the Jim Lee. Maybe we'll see it in Deadpool. Maybe I'm I'm speaking into existence. Yeah. But, uh, (laughs) I would have, yeah, I would have loved to have seen it. But, in, but also there's a part of me that is like, do I really want to see that on the screen? Because it, maybe it doesn't look, uh, exactly as cool as I think it looks in my mind. Did you ever have the thing like, so when I was little, um, I did not like the original Wolverine outfit. I was like the tan. You talk about the the brown and tan. Yeah, I was a really? brown and tan guy. Okay, I didn't yeah. care for the uh, what is it, the blue and gold, the blue, like yeah, the tiger stripe. Yeah, the blue and yellow. The kind blue of, and yellow. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't a big fan of that. But now I think that's the Wolverine costume that I like better than the one from the Jim Lee era. Do you think it's because of the cartoon? I'm not sure what it what it was, but I just know when I was a kid, I liked the the Jim Lee era Wolverine mm-hmm. and did not care for the old school style. Okay, but I've turned around now on that. Yeah, I mean, everybody's taste change, you know, yeah. when you, you get older. I will know. never like the original Daredevil outfit. <laughs> what, was he blind? <laughs> I kind of like the two-tone. I'm you like partial. the two-tone? I don't mind it. I mean, they said they, they went all red because uh, Spider-Man was a success, and they wanted to uh, kind of play off the all red of uh, Spider-Man. It's kind of cool when you think about that, like back in the day, because like, the Hulk is only green because of the printers. Yeah, it was supposed to be gray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's supposed yeah. to be gray, and then uh, with the printing, it just looked off. Is that what it was? It looked off, or did it look green? Yeah, I, I can't remember if it was a. It, it, but there was some issue uh, with the printer where either they used the wrong ink or the it, um, the ink didn't um, it yeah. didn't work. The initial, yeah, yeah. I do know that's why so many of Spider-Man's villains are green because he already had you know the primary red and blue, and they only mm-hmm. had so many colors to work with. So they just so many of them are green. It is true. Isn't like it? Scorpion like, is a good example. You know, so yeah. like, why yeah. is he green? Like, but. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're all. It is weird. That is true. <laughs> You're blowing my mind in this episode, Mike. Wow. <laughs> it's not easy being green. I think it's kind of interesting. Um, I know right now the rumor is um, the guy that played the ba- the big bad uh, played ben Pennywise in it mm-hmm. and played the big bad in the last John Wick movie. Talking about him for uh, Luther is, uh, is uh, rumored to be Luther. Uh, by the time this episode airs, maybe that will Ooh. have been announced. But right. but supposedly they're in final negotiations. I guess they've done all the um, screen tests that they're going to do. I guess the chemistry between all the characters and everything. Now, is this the Superman that's supposed to be based on All-Star Superman? Loosely. Okay. Mm. Yeah. I think he said that's the vibe. Yeah, the tone he's going. Okay, yeah. but not necessarily the story. Right, right. 
I did think I read somewhere where they said this is not going to be the origin story again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, that he's going to have been Superman for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we don't need the origin story on Superman. No, anymore. no. I think at this point, unless it's a new character mm-hmm. that the general audience has never heard of before, right? That's probably the only time we need an origin story anymore. Yep. Like, cool. we don't need another Spider-Man origin story. No, I mean at this point, it's it's almost kind of ubiquitous that there. You, I mean, the general population kind of already has an idea. Yeah. We and, don't need um, to see Bruce Wayne's parents get murdered again in an it, alley. It's torture porn. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Speaking of this, so, like, it seems like when I was looking at the reaction online, there are a lot of people that are mocking it because they're going, oh, you just picked a Wish.com version of Henry Cavill. Uh, like, why didn't oh, you just keep Henry mocking Cavill? The casting. Mocking the casting. Well, and I kind of saw, too, like, everybody that was mocking over the weekend uh flashes uh drop at the mm-hmm. box office it said something Ooh, like 75 percent, i think yeah it was uh from what i could what i read here uh top 10 biggest second weekend drops for major theatrical comic book movies of all time mm. it's 72.5 percent drop in the second week the only drop that was worse was morbius with 73.8 oh, oh, oof so it's morbid time <laughs> so this is bad and i read somewhere where Diz dc had put um, I guess the money they were going to put aside for all the advertising and everything for the four movies of this year. Right. And Shazam has already bombed at the box office. Mm. The Flash has bombed. Uh, word is Aquaman 2 is a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of mm-hmm. people say it's probably going to end up getting like a C, C plus uh, from the critics and the fans when it finally comes out, which is okay because Aquaman likes the high C's. But <laughs> yes, <laughs> but uh, but it's not looking good. The only I think bright spot in this whole thing is Blue Beetle because Gunn did come out and say Blue mm. Beetle is the first that's a part of his DC. Right. Hey, worded oddly, it was like it's the first character, but not necessarily the first movie. So okay. I'm not sure how that's going to shake down. And but. it kind of makes sense because they have already announced that there's going to be a Booster Gold Max series. Well, James Gunn could nail that if there's anybody yeah. that can make that awesome. Oh, absolutely. The thing I'm wondering, and I've heard several people mention this, is do you think at this point DC has regrets that instead of releasing um, the Batgirl movie, let's say, mm-hmm. That they went ahead with Flash, and instead of doing, because there's an argu- argument to be made that Batgirl would have been financially a bigger success for him, only because it has the Bat family attached, right? Yeah. So yeah, everybody, yeah. I mean, and you're still getting the Michael Keaton Batman, and you're still getting the Michael Keaton Batman in that movie. Yep. So, uh, and and from what I heard, people who had seen, I guess, an early screening of the Batgirl movie said it was really, really good. Hmm. Yeah. I know um, test audiences, because they had done a little bit of test audiencing mm-hmm. beforehand, uh, was putting it with Black Adam okay. as far as, like, favorable. That, and Black yeah. Adam was, eh. Oh, yeah. But so um, I think, so a lot of people now are going, why did they put Black Bat, Batgirl Correct. into the, you know, like, into the, the vault? Yes. But they allowed Flash to come out, especially with all the issues going on with Ezra. Why? Yeah, it might be just Jay's needed something to restart the DCU, and mm-hmm. they they needed a storyline to kind of kick that off. That maybe, might be it. Yeah, maybe they needed yeah. a Flashpoint type. Mm-hmm. Has anybody here seen Flash? Yeah. So uh, does it feel like a wrap up of that universe? No, it doesn't. It, it really doesn't. Okay. Um, they have an after credit scene and everything. <laughs> do they really? Yeah, they yeah. really do. Oh. Where it's. Uh, not sure if I should spoil anything. I, I read it, so feel free for me. I don't know about you guys, but... Uh, if you uh, just skip ahead like 15, 20 seconds. Yeah, we'll have some spoilers here for a second. Okay. okay. 
So the after credit scene is still Ezra Miller as Barry Allen Flash mm-hmm. okay. talking to Aquaman. Jason Momoa. Yeah, okay. but a non-hero version. Like when he's still before Aquaman 1, when he's still basically just like a drunk biker. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah. So okay. it, it's it's like the two of them talking, and then it reveals uh, that George Clooney is the Batman as well. In that universe. Yeah. When he reset it, it reset to okay. where George Clooney is Batman instead of Ben Affleck. That is just confusing. Yeah, that it, is it's, confusing. it's super confusing. It doesn't seem like a very good wrap-up. No, no. no. Unless they're going to say hmm. in a really ham-fisted way that he reset the universe into the George Clooney Batman universe. And that's where this universe is ending. And then James Gunn's is going to be another of the universes. Correct. Unless okay. they do that, it's not a very good wrap-up. Yeah. Let me ask you this. At the end of the movie, did they show that Ezra still had, you know, Flash still had powers and abilities? Did they de- define that? I believe that they did, okay. if only because he still, in the end, fixes everything, mm-hmm. right? And gets back to his time and remembers that his dad is supposed to be on trial and uses his powers to get to the trial. Okay, okay. So, yes, he does, yeah. in fact, still have the powers. All right. Yeah. But do we think Gunn can revitalize the DC universe, or do you think... It's damaged to the point where it's going to be like another decade before they can really get something going there. I think that if his movies are as good as they should be, that word of mouth will help. And I think I think it can happen. But those movies are going to have to be exceptional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think especially if you take kind of Peacemaker as proof of concept, right? Boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you look at something that nobody knew. I mean, his character, the name recognition had to be close to zero. Yeah. And uh, and now all of a sudden, I guess it's been renewed for at least another season, maybe two yeah, seasons. Yeah, I think he said he's going to start work on it once Superman Legacy is done. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it's kind of the same roadmap that he kind of did with Marvel. If you look at Guardians of the Galaxy, where you just you take a character that nobody has any preconceived notions or ideas about, and it's almost like you're getting to work with a blank slate, right? You're not having to kind of work off somebody's eighty years of Batman stories or sixty years of Wonder yep. Woman stories. Yeah, and it. It kind of reminds me of the um, the old Jack Kirby story where DC had made a huge deal about Jack Kirby. You know, they had pilfered him from Marvel, and it was a huge coup. You know, it was like WCW getting Hulk Hogan. You know, it's <laughs> yeah, like yeah, all yeah. of a sudden we have yeah. we have the name of, of the, the entire Federation, the biggest <laughs> yeah, guy. Yeah, that yeah, he, yeah. And so they would advertise in their comics for months, and it was like the king is coming, you know, and all the DC comics, it was these advertisements. And they said when, DC, when um, Kirby actually showed up at the DC offices... Um, I may have been Julie Schwartz, who was editor at the time. He went up to Jack and said, uh, you know, welcome to Jack and said, hey, listen, uh, what book do you want? Any book you want to you want to take over? Which one do you think you want to do? Uh, and Jack said, what's your lowest selling book that you guys have on the <laughs> roster? And Julie Schwartz said, it's Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen. Nobody reads that. Oh, well. And uh, he said, well, that's the one I want. Huh. And the point being that if you're James Gunn, you want Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, right? Because you're not tied to, to one, all the, the fans who, who care a whole bunch about Superman or Batman or Wonder Woman or Green Lantern or Flash. Yep. Um, you're taking a character, Jimmy Olsen and his pal, <laughs> Superman's pal, and uh, you can kind of, you have carte blanche. Mm. So with James Gunn, um, I think it's kind of st- smart start, starting off with Blue Beetle because nobody has any preconceived notions about Blue Beetle. True. No one knows who Blue Beetle is. You don't even know if it's Ted Cord or Jaime Reyes, except for the fans. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And um, 
So I, the I, mainstream probably has no idea who Blue Beetle is. To begin no, with. no, yeah, no. exactly. But guess what? You know, twelve years ago or fifteen years ago, nobody knew who Rocket Raccoon was. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And um, so I think he can have kind of the same, um, kind of like uh, electric paddles to the chest for DC that mm-hmm. he, he did for he did for Marvel. Well, and, I mean, you know. With James Gunn, speaking of Rocket Raccoon, he had entire theaters of grown people in tears over CGI animals uh, in that last movie. So that says a lot. That third movie tore me up. But one thing um, that needs to happen, too, is, one, it's got to be good. Whatever the because I think the first two are going to Superman Legacy and Batman Brave and the Bold, which is being done by the Flash director, I believe. Mm. Um, Mm. They have to be (laughs) extraordinarily good. Okay. And um, if they don't do well at the box office... Of Warner Brothers has to stay loyal to James Gunn. They can't panic yes, again yes, and, and yes. scramble. You got to give them time because mm-hmm. that's what's killed the DC universe over the last ten years. Is they panic every single time. I think he knows because I don't think he would have announced what was it, Mike Ten Project? Yeah, a yep. lot, a lot. So I yeah. mean, I I think he's either been given like some form of a guarantee or he's been kind of some form of an assurance that he's going to be able to at least, you know, see his, his vision come to fruition for the next 10 years, maybe. Yeah. It was probably part of the negotiations when yeah. he did it in the first yeah. place, that they yeah. would have to give him a little bit of time. Sure. Yeah. He's probably actually able to present them with a roadmap that they might not have had before. He's like, yeah. look, yeah. I actually have a plan for you. So yeah. I think as of right now, um, so Aquaman is late uh, 2023. It sounds ominous. Like It should just waiting. go straight to Max. It should. It yeah. should. That could help them boost some subscriptions. Um, so there wouldn't be a DC presence, I guess, in the movies or really television until the middle to the end of 2025. Well, actually, the three-part documentary on Max, right? Superpowered. Starts at the end of July, Starts right? Starts at the end of July. So that'll be on. Cool. It's, um, I think it's Rosario Dawson and... Uh, I Is it going to be a documentary of like DC? So it's done in three stages. Okay. The first stage is like the birth of the creation of DC. Oh, wow. Then the second episode, I think, is like DC kind of on the, the come up, like the Silver Age of DC. Okay. And so then, it's going to be the comics, the history of the comics. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Nice. And it's going to have, I forgot, I mean, all the people associated. It was an insane list of uh, artists and writers that they're going to be interviewing. Do we think Jack Kirby's son will write a really mean letter? <laughs> oh. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, but there's, yeah, there's not a lot until um, the James Gunn stuff starts in earnest, really. Yeah. Uh, but it just seems there's there's just weird. There's people out there that want this stuff to be good. They want to see it succeed, and then there's of course the people that will hate everything about it because it's not the Snyder. Mm-hmm. It's not Snyder. Weird it's kind of like when when the Shield. This is the wrestling. When the Shield broke up, and everybody <laughs> thought Dean Ambrose is going to be the guy. Dean Ambrose is the is the Zack Snyder of here, and mm-hmm. instead they went with Roman Reigns, the James Gunn, mm-hmm. and people turned on it. And that's what I kind of see is happening with a lot of people like online. Who would you be in that? Uh, like and then, yeah, it's like I guess I'm Seth Rollins. Are you Seth Rollins? I'm Seth hey, Rollins. He's a champion. I'm a champ. He's a champion. Yeah. But uh, no, no, I I think it's a that's a good analogy, and um, I, th- I think they are going to give James Gunn plenty of leeway if they're smart. Yeah, and uh, for people that we, I, I kind of referred to that Jack Kirby, uh, mm-hmm. Jack Kirby sign came out against the Stanley documentary. He was very upset about it because, and I get in a way like. Unfortunately, it seems like mainstream doesn't give Jack Kirby the credit that he should deserve, deservingly get. That's right. Right. But Roy Thomas, who, you know, a man that was in the room, mm-hmm. actually wrote an article for the Hollywood article, uh, Hollywood Reporter and essentially ended it. I just like, oh, he ended it with saying, um, in his opinion, with Stan Lee, because Stan, a lot of people say Stan Lee's greatest creation is Stan Lee, right? 
Um, and he says in the end, uh, I suppose I disagree with the quote, which, when, uh, which is, uh, in my mind, Stanley was not the greatest creation of Stan, uh, Stanley, the Marvel Universe was. Because he mentions in it, and he says it's frustrating that Stan and Jack and Stan and Steve Dicto can never understand this. They needed one another. Right, right. Like, like a band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, without Stan Lee, he said, there might have been some good stories, some splendid art, but it's highly unlikely that there would have been an overarching uh, Marvel Universe. Hmm. And he hmm. mentions in this, there was tons of times where Stan Lee would give credit to Jack Kirby and Steve Dicto. There's like reports in here where he did say, you know, like uh, Dicto was the co-creator of Spider-Man. But I think a lot of it, you had mentioned um, mm-hmm. like Stan Lee's this big, like bigger than life person. Mm-hmm. So of course he's going to be all like, I'm going, hey, you know, I did this to this. But Kirby and Dicto were both more reserved reserved like you had mentioned if kirby like he'd probably be on the autism spectrum today they said he's oh, really yeah, yeah he he was not antisocial, but you know he wasn't one that was going to go out and and be a carnival barker like stanley mm-hmm. was or he wasn't the one who's going to go out and blow his own horn like stan was mm-hmm. and yeah. so it was kind of a symbiotic relationship in the sense that one kind of filled in the other one's weakness you know yeah. so stan was very vocal verbal you know kind of a very showy and, and bombastic and braggadocious and then kirby was the opposite of all those things uh so i mean it, it did kind of help that they found each other yeah but i think it's interesting if you want to read it it's a hollywood reporter because roy thomas was literally there yeah yeah he's one of the like, few old school one of the, guys. like we mentioned mm-hmm. i think on the last episode roy thomas is one of the only people of that generation that is unfortunately still with us right um it's unfortunate that he's still with well, us. i just said this bad. uh unfortunately there's not many yeah. more left uh, that's what edit this somehow mike oh, is, this should go in the blooper reel yeah. but uh, but yeah if roy thomas is saying stan lee deserves credit jack kirby deserves yeah. credit steve dicto deserves credit that's who i'm gonna go with yeah. and i know i have my bias in this i love stan lee but it just sucks that they couldn't have mended bridges before you know they both passed yeah yeah sad. but um no no it's a i think you're right i think there's plenty of um credit to go around yeah and it's a shame that early on a lot of people maybe didn't get the credit that they deserved yeah but i think now especially with i think neil adams in the 70s and 80s was kind of at the forefront of creator rights yeah and getting a lot of people you know uh, a lot of artists getting their original art back to them or, or getting credit on stuff so yeah because uh, i do think there's probably marvel needs to call some money to kirby estate so this is the thing you know they've made billions of dollars off the marvel intellectual property yep it's the most valuable intellectual property the world's ever known yeah uh, by far so i mean share the wealth right I guess the other big uh, movie news is the trailer for Craven dropped. Oh, it did. It did. Um, Boy, did it ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what did you guys think? Do you think it's going to be, is it going to be Morpin time again at the theaters? Or do you, <laughs> are, 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 is this one you kind of have a little bit so, more hope So, for? this is the thing. As far as Morbin time, as far as Morbius, <laughs> <laughs> it's not a terrible movie if you just view it as a vampire film. Okay. So if I just go into it and I, I, I separate it from Sp- the Spider-Man universe and I just yeah. look at it as a straight, straight up vampire movie, it's not terrible. Okay. And so I'm kind of hope, having the same hope with Craven that if I go in and I just look at it like an over the top action movie, yep, 
that I can I can live with it, and it's going to be uh, okay. not a waste of my two hours and, and twelve dollars. Sony's probably not liking this. Like uh, this will not be a pull quote. It's not going to the... be great, but if it's this won't be a pull quote on the poster. <laughs> no, I guarantee no, no. you. Going to get a phone call from yeah. Sony. But no, no. I mean, I'm actually kind of defending it in a way. I thought the trailer was uh, people who complain about superhero movie fatigue. Yeah. This movie is 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 hardcore this this movie is is hardcore violent in the sense like that remember that rambo movie where he takes the 50 caliber machine gun and he just turns Mm. it around and and turns that guy into into spaghetti for our young for our young guests uh, rambo was a character (laughs) by sylvester stallone oh really is that is that that same guy who plays uh apollo creed's trainer Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. See what he did yes. there. Okay, I got awesome. it. I got it now. This I'm is in. why Corey's yeah, on the podcast. I'm locked in. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of the Craven uh, trailer, Corey? Uh, I thought it was okay. I think it looks like a fun movie, but probably not a good movie. Okay. The same yeah. way that Venom did. Yep. And I honestly think that the Craven movie might benefit from the fact that Spider-Man Two is coming out later this year, and it's going to have Craven yeah. in it. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, when I when I first saw the trailer, I actually just thought that it was another trailer for the Spider-Man 2 game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah when it yeah. first came on, I was yeah. like, oh, they're advertising for the video game until I watched 10 more seconds. Yeah, and I don't get when people are criticizing the costume because you can tell from the tr- the po- the poster they put out for Craven that at least by the end of the movie, he's having like what looks like as good as a comic representation of that costume. Right. Yeah, I thought um, the costume looked pretty good. Yeah. What did you think of it, Mike? I was blown away at the violence, like yeah, we were just absolutely. talking about. Yeah. I was watching, I was like, oh, this, you know, and then I was like, oh my God. A few minutes yeah. later, like, holy crap, like, it was, it's gory, um, very violent. Uh, I think it's odd that they're introducing these characters before interactions with Spider Man. It seems like I could see them doing like a Spider Man movie, and if a villain was excellent or had a breakaway moment, then you could spin a movie off from there. It just yeah. seems strange that they're introducing these characters beforehand. Um, Maybe they still have their plan to, at the end, do a Sinister Six movie, because remember. When it was still Garfield time, uh, Sony's plan was to just push out as many of the Sinister Six characters as they could so they could do a Sinister Six movie. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's going to be their plan still, because well, now they've introduced Venom, Morbius, and Craven, and I guess the Rhino is in this movie. So. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. My understanding was that the way the licensing contract between Marvel and Sony was written for Spider-Man was that their actual number of Spider-Man movies is capped ones that are properly titled Spider-Man. Okay. But they have access to the entire Spider-Man universe and those movies aren't capped. Yeah. So that they have to do, and the way the contract was written was they didn't want Sony to sit on the Spider-Man rights in perpetuity forever. So they said, okay, you have to do a new Spider-Man movie every so often. Right. And so these movies kind of fulfill two roles. It, it, it fulfills that contractual role of, okay, we're putting out you know a movie every so often to keep the rights. And it also doesn't count against their cap to where their rights revert back to Marvel to where in their reach. I, I can't remember if it was like nine or ten Spider-Man yeah. movies. And but, I think as long as the Spider-Man movies themselves are making billions of dollars, Sony's probably going to be okay with the way they have it right now. Yes, because uh, yeah, these movies. I mean, and, and we may we may kind of goof on Morbin Time and we may kind of <laughs> goof on Craven. Yeah. But they're not going to make these movies. I mean, when, when they look at the numbers, unless the the financial guys check off and say, okay, we're making money on these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, otherwise, they don't even. Because uh, they still have um, Madam Web. I think is finished mm-hmm. shooting now, Ooh. and yeah. uh, they're having to replace. Uh, Bad Bunny has stepped out of the. Luchador. No. What was the Luchador <laughs> character's name? Bad Bunny has stepped out of that. El Murto, I think. Yeah, yeah. So they have to. They're having to recast that. But I just hope Craven. I hope mm-hmm. there's enough people out there that don't 
just crap on it because of Morbin time. Me too. And they give it a chance as its own thing. Because Cra- I mean, as the Spider-Man villain goes, he's a phenomenal villain. And anyone who's read Craven's Last Hunt, mm. uh, that's one of those stories that really sticks with you if you yeah. read it. Yeah, when you're younger. Um, yeah, on that note, that that makes me a little wary mm. of making them an anti-hero. Yeah, I mean? but uh, yeah, you know, Venom traditionally in the comics eventually became an anti-hero. Yep. Uh, Morbius always has been, but Craven, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just glad because, like, like, uh, like Corey said, we're gonna get Craven twice in October. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, yep. October six, I think, is Craven, and the twentieth is Spider-Man two. Oh, that is close. Yeah. So, Corey, Smallville was what your introduction into like uh, into comic books. Yes. So, is that one of the reasons why? Because you're one of like Bill's customers that mainly just does DC, right? Yeah, I buy one or two Marvel titles every once in a while if I think they're going to be like big titles as a yeah. collector. Yeah. So I bought Predator 1, Miles Morales 1 when it reset. Okay. I bought a big Spider-Man title that just came out recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, yeah, I just do DC. Okay. Do you think it was like growing up with Smallville that really kind of pushed you more to the DC side than the Marvel? Yeah, I definitely think it was their early 2000s late 90s animation and tv shows that got me as well yeah because in 2001 we didn't have cable but we did have cable after that and so you know (laughs) i got i got my first introduction into batman the animated series superman the animated series and then the justice league the two shows that spun out of those shows as well Mm -hmm. yeah and after those four shows and smallville i was just absolutely hooked so when did you start uh collecting comics Really late. Uh, probably not until after college in the past three, four years. Okay. Have you always been just comics exchange? Uh, I tried a couple of shops before this, but only for a couple of months. But you like, Bill's the best. I gotta go here. Well, number one, he's one of the few that actually puts out his DC books on Tuesday when oh. they drop. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. that's why I like coming huh. in here. Yeah. yeah. It's gotta be convenient. Do you have a, um, still a decent amount of people that just do DC? So I have a handful that just do DC. Most people will wait and come in on Wednesday because they get both DC and Marvel. Yep. But as far as the DC people that are straight DC, um, a couple of them will come in on Tuesdays. Corey's one of them. But a lot of them, uh, like he said, that there's they like to look at the wall. They like to see the new ones on the off chance that there's something that catches their eye. There's something that they didn't hear about, something that they missed. So they'll still come in on Wednesdays. Um, even though I have the books on Tuesdays. And sometimes I'll see people Tuesdays and Wednesdays, like my buddy Louie. He'll come in on... Uh, Louie will come in on Tuesdays and pick up his DC books, and then he'll be back on Wednesday to get the uh, the Marvel ones. Really? I guess if you live close, I mean, it's yeah. no, no yeah, big he, deal. He, he works close by. Yeah. And so, and it's one of the interesting things, too. Like, uh, I think we were talking about a few weeks ago. Like, when Bill and I were growing up, our Flash was Wally West. Mm-hmm. Barry Allen was seen as a super boring character, he was our dad's Flash. He right. had the little bow tie. He just seemed so boring. Yeah. And you growing up now and reading comics, Barry Allen is your Flash, right? Yeah, so it's a, a little funny, actually, because in the shows that I mentioned previously, they do Wally West. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But as far as comics go, the first Flash comic story that I read was Flashpoint. Okay. It was oh, the, very, the very yeah. first okay, Flash awesome. comic story that I read, and I bought it as a collection after it had come out, uh, and I was just blown away. And then he was the Flash in the New 52, which is what I really picked up starting with. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah, from there, Barry Allen was just my favorite Flash. 
and uh, Hal Jordan is your Green Lantern. 100%, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. ours was uh, Kyle Rayner. Well, no, no, easy now. <laughs> Mine is Kyle. I'm Mine a is Hal, Gardner. I'm a Hal Jordan guy. Are you? But now I know, yeah, because Kyle, Kyle was more of the 90s. Okay. So I'd already started reading Green Lantern in the 80s. Before uh, before, um, before they did the heel turn with Hal. So correct. They had done a story, um, and it's called Parallax. Uh, Emerald. Emerald Knights. It's Emerald Knights, something like that. But yeah, uh, Hal Jordan. Had gone crazy. Yeah. And yep. um, they uh, he wanted to bring back, I guess. Oh, was, yeah, yeah. yeah. He yeah. said he was destroyed, so he was like, hey, I got to. And he's like, hey, I'm going to bring it back. And, yeah. and I, I can't remember if Carol Ferris had passed away. and So yep. he's like, I'm, I'm going to do uh, I'm gonna do what I can. And so he. Uh, I'm going to make Coast City great again. He goes nuts. <laughs> <laughs> And he uh, he decides the only way to do it is to uh, to get all the rings, the power rings from the Guardians. Mm. So he goes around and systematically kind of uh, kills all the Guardians. Yeah, there's that of, amazing cover where he's where he's, he's covered in blood and he's got all the he's rings. got all the rings and um, and so yeah. they ended up doing a, a storyline to where I think it was Ganthet and maybe one other Guardian, but they they take um, the last I guess the last couple rings that they had left and they combine them into one ring. That had no impurities. So Alan yeah, yeah. Scott, the Golden Age ring, had an impurity to wood, any kind of, and then yep. and then Hal's impurity was to the color yellow. Yeah. But uh, Kyle's ring, as far as I know, I don't think it has any impurities, right? Like there's no. It has. Oh. It's a weakness. Is like his girlfriend getting murdered. <laughs> 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 but so they yeah. they give this last ring. They find they find the one guy who's worthy uh, to have the ring, and it happens to be this a comic book artist named Kyle yep. Rayner. Yep. And um and so I, I did appreciate the story of Kyle, but you were still a Hal Jordan. I didn't like the way that Hal went out. So yeah. my problem with with that was so I'd been reading DC and other heroes like Barry Allen. We were just talking about Barry. Barry goes out in crisis and he saves the entire DC universe. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And so I was like, okay, I don't mind them switching characters. If you want to switch from Hal to Kyle, I got no problem with that. But don't make this guy a mass murderer. Mm, don't yeah. make him go around killing all the guardians. You know that's just yep. it's so out of character. Yep, yep. That for years, uh, as a matter of fact, there was a a fan group called Heat. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. And yeah, I forget exactly what the acronym was, but they were very uh, upset at Ron Mars, who was the writer. Oh, during written, that time. During that time, and written most of these Green Lantern stories, and um, he would receive death threats. I don't condone this, obviously. Yeah. And for it's a little bit serious for comic books, but. Uh, so I, I was more of the Hal Jordan school, um, not because I didn't like Kyle. I did like Kyle. I thought his constructs were cool. He was a comic artist, so he mm. he came up with a lot of cool different constructs mm-hmm. that were like you know, mechs, anime stuff. Yes, like that. it was much beyond the boxing glove right. and the uh, the cash register stuff. So <laughs> according to what I've just looked up. Heat. At first, it stood for Hal's Emerald Attack Team. That's right. But then everyone agreed that sounded too much like a terrorist too organization. Too aggressive. Oh, <laughs> so they changed it to. We had a meeting and we changed the name. Hal's Emerald Advancement Team. Yes, Advancement oh, Team. There we go. Yeah. I had a, a dear friend, a dearly departed Matt. He would always say he, he was in this sort of group of, of hating Ron Mars. He's like, if I ever find that Ron Mars outside of a convention, yeah. ooh, I hope I do one day. It was amazing <laughs> how seriously so, a lot yeah. of people took that. They were very, very upset. Well, I mean, we see it today with Zeb. And Zeb Wells is yeah, kind of Yeah, kind of well, he deserves it. <laughs> a little comment. A little comment. <laughs> a little anti-Zeb Wells. Yeah. So, Corey, since you said you started with, like, Flashpoint, have you gone back and read the classic stories? Have you read the Jeff Johns run of Green Lantern, Mark Wade's Flash? Have you gone back to read any of the, the old runs? Yeah, I have. So. Oh, nice. Mostly, I did online reading when mm-hmm. I was in college. Oh, it Bill was a, doesn't like that. It was a little bit. Oh, like it's, a, it's a big, it's a big world, Ryan. We got room for everybody. 
it was easier to access yeah. at the time, so it was just better for me to do. Okay. But you get caught up on the backlog so fast. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, especially when, you know, you're a college student, you have your computer in front of you all the time, yep. and whenever you're bored, you just tab over and read some comics. Yep. So I definitely started going back and, and reading some of that stuff, specifically with, like, 90 Superman runs. Mm-hmm. I read a oh, lot of really? Those. Yeah. Well, okay. I'm, a, I'm a huge Superman guy. Like, okay, Superman yeah, is yeah, probably... Yeah. Is Superman your favorite character? I would say so, yeah. Okay. Just nice. probably, again, because of Smallville. Like, that's my introduction. So right. you did a run of Doomsday into Funeral for a Friend into mm-hmm. the yep. Rise of the Four Man... What is that one? Reign of the Superman. Reign of Superman yeah. to, hey, I, I'm back, I got long hair. I didn't read all of Reign of the Superman because it is a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, so, it's, and it's not that good. It, some of them are really not that good. And also, like, I'm still very anti-mullet Superman. Okay. <laughs> uh, did not like that rebranding yeah, when yeah, they yeah. brought him back. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I went through and read, like, a lot of that stuff and uh, a lot of, like you said, the Jeff Johns with the Green Lantern yeah. and stuff like that. Yes. What of uh, the more classic runs would you recommend for an audience member that's just starting out with, like you, like you had? I would say actually something, or I'd say two, right? Okay. And one is one that I've read really recently, mm-hmm. and that is the Man of Steel run for Superman. The John Ooh. Byrne? Yes. Okay. I love the more scientific okay. descriptions of Superman and the fact that that's when it really became grounded, that that's when all that started, is fantastic. And the yep. run itself, obviously, is great. And then, obviously, because they're not necessarily canon anymore kingdom come is also fantastic oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's kingdom one of my come favorites in the, you know in uh with kingdom come you get the beautiful alex ross art mm-hmm. yep uh and it's a uh, it, it was kind of cool because it kind of gave you a roadmap of what the future of the dc universe may end up being like right like you kind of mm-hmm. and the see, big bad from that actually showed up recently in superman uh, uh world's finest oh that's right they used a uh, magog right Magog, yeah mm-hmm. yeah yep i was like oh magog um but yeah so uh but yeah if you say too if you if you do go out and find kingdom come and it's it's collected there's Mm -hmm. beautiful collections of it after you finish reading it look online for easter eggs from uh, kingdom come Uh, that was my favorite article at wizard ever did in one of their they Mm -hmm. they went panel by panel and showed all the different uh bands and comic references that alex ross hid in the artwork there's so much of it so much yeah and when I read that too, like it felt pretty fresh for me too. I hadn't been beaten over the head with multiverses and alternate mm-hmm. realities and yep. all this yet, so it felt pretty groundbreaking at the time. It felt fresh. Yeah, yep. and, and the premise was, I guess it was set, well, like twenty years in the future, maybe thirty years, and a fair amount. Yeah. A lot of yep. the heroes had retired, right? like the heroes we knew, like Wonder Woman had quit and Superman had retired. I, I, say, I think and, Superman is retired by that point, right? Yeah, and um, there, I guess there had been an accident with Captain Adam. Is that what happened? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and um, and so. It, and in, in in their absence, these kind of a new era of superheroes emerged to kind of take their place, and they were a little more of like the uh, Frank Miller style, where they were like kind of a little more aggressive and Definitely. deconstructed and edgy. edgy. And and then so I guess the premise of the story was is that the uh, the old superheroes had to kind of come back out of retirement and to put the new superheroes into check. Yeah. Well, at the same time, you had the situation with the villains who were being kept in the. Um, Mr. Miracle was the the prison warden, right? Like mm. he was, cause oh, he, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, he could yeah. escape any anything. Yeah, so he was yeah, kinda, yeah. He knew how to make a place he knew how that to nobody make, could escape. Correct. Mm, that's awesome. And uh, and so there was there were several storylines that were threaded together. But yeah, Kingdom Comes one of the core. That's one of the best. Yeah. yeah, it's fantastic. And honestly, Clark Kent and Superman has a fantastic showing in it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Kind of interesting. I just looked. I forgot who the writer Mark Wade wrote that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
recently, at the start of this year, DC has done what they're calling Dawn of DC. Mm-hmm. It's not, I don't even say, I don't even consider it like a soft reboot. But it's yeah, new, in a, way, in a way, but it's definitely, if, so if you're listening to this, um, at this point, a lot of the issues, just because popularity are sold out, mm-hmm. but collections will start be coming up in the next couple of months. So oh, yeah. definitely, you know, get with Bill if you want to get one of the collections if something here sounds interesting to you. But it became like their, their new initiative for this year where you don't have to read everything. Right. But they started like new jumping on points for new readers. Mm-hmm. Which is fantastic, and I think between all of us, we've read all the uh, Donna DC books, so we thought we'd kind of go over them. We'll start with you, Corey. I'm actually very happy that DC did their soft reboot, because everything that they were doing up until their soft reboot started getting out of order time-wise. Everything was super complicated. You never knew what was canon and what wasn't canon. Right, right. It was all over the place and yeah. it has flattened out a lot with the dawn of dc so the first big book that i guess actually of dawn of dc is action comics and we're kind of starting spoilers here we're starting on kind of a low point for me i am digging the vast majority of the superman books right now which mm-hmm. is be the first time i've read superman since they used to do the little shield numbering in the 90s i remember that but action i just can't i just it didn't it didn't uh it didn't really bond with me like i didn't find anything i liked about it not if you like action for any book here if you like it that's great it just wasn't something for me no uh, are, are there two stories that they run concurrently in action i believe so i've okay. hopped off like you the, didn't like either either one of them no the, i think that there's the action and then there's the superman lois story right, the, the backup back, right? mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. um are you reading it mike i read the first couple um it didn't do much for me either i'm not a big fan of the kids coming in from more world wearing the s um there's a lot of characters in that book there's right. a lot to juggle mm-hmm. and i mean it wasn't bad by any means i was like oh this sucks it just didn't it didn't hit me like the superman core title does i love that book yeah and what did you think of it Corey? i would agree with the two of you i mean i think there's too many characters yep. obviously the writers are going to focus on clark kent right yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he's the big draw as the original superman yep. But I think that relegates a lot of the other characters to sidekicks. Mm-hmm. And they've done so much development with so many of those characters that they're better than that. So seeing them reduced to that is mm-hmm. kind of a bummer for me. Mm-hmm. So I am still reading it on the hope that maybe there will be a creative team switch up and mm-hmm. it'll get better or something yeah. like that. But I haven't liked it very much. Okay, just too many characters. It's, so it's basically Action Comics is kind of like what Detective Comics was there for a while where... Detective was basically the Bat Family stories. Yeah, see, you, and, and you're right. They, they'll kind of run two Superman books, one that focuses primarily on Superman, and yep. then usually there's a, a side book, an ancillary book, that kind of focuses more on Perry White, Lois Lane, mm-hmm. Jimmy Olsen, you yep. know, kind of the Superman family-type characters. Yep. And uh, and sometimes it can be a bit much. It's, and, and and that's the thing with action is that, is it still Philip Kennedy Johnson on action? It is. So, I believe so, right? Yeah, sometimes, you know, it, it's hard to, uh, as a writer, it's hard to, to juggle all, all those plates at the same time. Yeah. And to have a, a, a distinct voice for all these different characters, like it's hard enough just to nail Superman, uh, much less to, you know, have a good Perry White or a good Brainiac yeah. or a good Lex Luthor. Now, on that note, mentioning what you just mentioned, I want to give a shout-out to that detective run because James Tynion, as we recently learned, <laughs> yeah. uh, he fourth. nailed it. That, yeah, that yeah, detective yeah. run was great. Yep. I mean, talk about an ensemble book. Man, yeah. That was fantastic. That yeah. was fantastic. But again, like we said, it's not a bad comic. No, no, no. It's just didn't like kind of grab us, as right. some of these other ones are. The next one, which came out in February, this is the cream of the crop as far as I'm concerned with the new DC run right now. Superman, love it. Okay, yeah. by Joshua Williams and Jamal Campbell. And Joshua Williams turned out to be kind of like the DC writer du jour, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, I think the 
maybe one of the first things I read he did. Did he he did that big run on Flash, didn't he, Corey? Was that yes. Joshua Williamson? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And kind of breathed some new life into Flash. How was his run on, on the Flash? I haven't read too much of the Flash for reasons we talked about before. Yeah, yeah. Currently yeah. they're running Wally West as Flash and okay, Barry yeah, Allen. Yeah, yeah. But the few issues that I have read have been really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, Williams is on kind of on fire right now. What did you think of Superman? I love it. It nails the tone. It strikes a good balance with characters. Um, they're doing some creative stuff. The art matches the writing so well. They just have this feeling of down. Um, it felt inspired. It's mm-hmm. a word I like to use a lot when I love a comic. Um, yeah. For, for what I want from a Superman book, just nailed it. Right. Yep. It feels new. It feels new, which is cool, but also yeah. classic and reverential to the character. So The dynamic between uh, Clark and Lex Luthor awesome. in this story has been fantastic. Yeah, I like what they're doing. Lois too. She's gotten kind of ag- aggressive, I guess, in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's added the a new more. layer to her character. Like Perry mm. White is like on leave or something, yeah, yeah. so she's running the Daily Planet mm-hmm. right yeah. now. Fantastic storyline that she is. Fantastic. I kind of hate that the super I, the secret identity's in the bottle again. I wish I that at least Jimmy Olsen would know. I uh, I thought the best thing they did with Superman in a long time was blowing up the secret identities. Yeah, so yeah, when yeah. they when they put that back in the bottle, I was yeah. very upset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's never a good way to go about that. Anytime a, a character's had his identity put back in, it's just it's never good. Never works out logically. They just roll with it just to get it done. So. At least he didn't sell his identity to the devil. Well, that's true. So, that's true. So that's good. Have you read Superman? I have. Yeah. What do you think of it? I would agree they're doing a lot that's new. Yeah. I think I'm always excited about new storylines. Mm. I have gone back and read a lot of Superman classic stuff, so seeing the same things over and over has gotten like a little bit boring for me. Yep. But seeing them do new things with this Superman comic has been really good. I do think Josh Williams or Josh or John Josh. Josh. Joshua. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I do think Joshua Williams is falling into uh, the age-old trap of what to do with Lex Luthor. Is he yep. a bad guy? Is he an anti-hero? Is he yep. a hero? They've been going back and forth on this for like the past 15 years, and he's kind of falling into that realm again, but I'm yep. curious to see where it goes. It's it's a compelling enough that I'll keep reading. Yeah, and the um, the end of issue five, going into like Night Terror, mm. ends on such a great cliffhanger. It does. So with issue four Superman, we see a story involving a flashback with Lex Luthor coming to Metropolis and being his own hero, giving that a shot. Is that something that's existed before? Like, is that like a Silver Age thing they've done and they're revisiting? Or is that a, a new concept? He's like, I guess in his 20s, probably. He's in his 20s. He comes to Metropolis and he wants to become the hero of Metropolis. Yes, yes. I think he still yeah. has hair. He yeah, still he has did, hair, he has too. Red hair, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe he doesn't hate Superman because that's the reason he went bald, right? Superman blows. <laughs> but the, is that uh, a new con? Is that a new? No, concept I, I too? think they've done it maybe once or twice. I know they definitely did the um, recently. They did the Mayor Lex story, right? Mm-hmm. Where he was he was mayor, and yeah. then I think before that there was a. I can't remember if it was it was a miniseries, but it was it was kind of told from Lex's perspective to where you know Lex was kind of like the good guy and Superman was kind of the one that you you weren't really sure. Maybe it called Superman American Alien. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. That, but, was, um, a good, that was a good run. Yeah. And, yeah. But there's been, yeah, I think there's been a couple times where, where they've done that kind Lexus, of, okay. mm-hmm, It's a guy. great, it's a great twist, but I, I like the, cool. yeah. but yeah, I'd say like Superman number one is definitely one that you should look for. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd imagine that's going to be collected really soon. And then it'll be back in September after the Night Terrors uh, miniseries. So um, now in March, I think nobody here has read Harley Quinn. No. I have not. No. Uh, have you had... You have people that read Harley. Have you heard good things? 
Um, the Harley people, they, they, they're going to get Harley generally no matter what. Yeah. Uh, they're just, they're, I mean, they're hardcore Harley collectors. Yeah. Uh, story-wise, I hadn't heard much feedback. Okay. But now, has that been part of the... Was that actually part of yeah, the... Yeah, it's on this checklist here. So I was kind of surprised because it didn't... It didn't, re, it it didn't, didn't st- restart. It started with number 28. Okay, so maybe they so, just started a new storyline. Yeah. Now, The Adventures of Superman John Kent mm-hmm. is a new six-part uh, mm-hmm. by Tom Taylor mm-hmm. where uh, John Kent is in the uh, universe with the uh, from the Injustice games. With uh, that Superman. Which makes um, sense, because that was Tom Taylor's mm-hmm. like introduction into DC. Yep. Yeah. And I'm really enjoying it. It's like four issues in. And I'm kind of over multiverse stuff, too, at this point. Right. Um, but I'm still kind of I'm still kind of digging it. Yeah. Uh, I still have a chip on my shoulder about them aging John up. I, I liked yep. him as a little kid. That was so unnecessary to me. I, I, it's yeah. been hard for me to get over that. It's weird. That's, that's kind of the main complaint I hear from fans, mm-hmm. is that I guess they got so... A custom that he really liked, and, and especially when it was Super Sons, when it was young, yeah. Yeah, John yeah, Kent yeah. and young. Great stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, they really uh, gravitated toward that book, and then all of a sudden, he's instantly aged up to where he's like 17, yeah. 18. Yeah, it kind of killed it a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. What did you think of it, Corey? Alternatively, I love that they aged him up. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, right, okay yeah, right. Some people. I'm a, <laughs> yeah. I'm a huge John Kent Superman guy. Nice. I, mean, I think that his run while Superman was, while Clark was on Warworld and then yeah. also dead, Fantastic! It yeah. was a good run. I think yeah. it was incredible. Tom Taylor absolutely nails the character. Mm-hmm. Seeing this character get to go to Tom Taylor's original universe, yeah. also a ton of fun. It's, right. He just gets to have a field day. Um, and then on top of that, I think that John Kent fills a hole for Superman that I haven't had in a long time, which okay. is a Superman that isn't quite sure what he's doing. Right. Mm-hmm. So he's got all this power, and he's incredibly effective and impactful but still figuring things out which i think makes him relatable so mm-hmm. i love that they aged him up i love that they're exploring that with them i think it's the book has been incredible yeah and i'm glad too they they've kept him with the superman name yeah yeah uh, they're doing just like the spider-man there's a peter and there's a miles right yeah I, I like that they're keeping that not giving him some new no. super name and I do like the attitude that he has of that youthful exuberance of I'm going to do the right thing no matter what. He, and mm-hmm. Superman originally had that going on where he wasn't necessarily concerned about laws and mm-hmm. what's right or wrong. He's going to do what he felt was the right thing no matter what. And, and John definitely does that. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. write a really good conversation between the two characters about that before Clark goes to Warworld. Oh, really? Where John specifically asks Clark like why he doesn't do more. And mm-hmm. Clark's like, well, I'm not from here, so I didn't feel like it was my place. But you are. So if you feel like it's your place, huh. do more. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. Now, this was my big, one of my big surprises. Uh, the Unstoppable Doom Patrol. Mm-hmm. The twist with the Chief yes, is very brilliant. Cool. Uh, very cool. Okay. What do you think? I know, Mike, you really enjoyed this. I did. I, you know, Doom Patrol is um, uneven. Uh, you never know what you're going to get from it. Sure. Um, th- this is a good vision on it. This is a good take. It feels fresh. Um, it feels like... They're bringing in some of that X-Men influence to the DC. They're kind of turning them into like the X-Men of the DC in a way because they have a new mission statement. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, again, that, that twist with the Chief was great. I like yep. the new character they introduced in the second issue. That was cool. Um, the art is unique. Yeah. I love it. It fits the title well. Um, I, I'm liking it. I, I like it. the parody they do in the second or third issue to what the X-Men do now where there's the page of text. Oh, yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you think? Are you reading it, Corey? Yeah, 100%. And I agree. It definitely feels like X-Men. DC's attempted X-Men. Yeah. Yep. And I think they're doing it pretty well. So yeah. far, it's been pretty entertaining. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Uh, Which is nuts, because I think, if I'm not mistaken, Doom Patrol predates X-Men. 
Does it? I think it came out before X-Men. But isn't it by like a few months? It's close. It's yeah, very close. There's that gray area because they're similar, you know, with the Chief. And very Xavier, similar, both so in the wheelchair like, and yeah. Is this a look it up Shipley moment? Oh, yes. <laughs> I, saw, yes. I saw you went right for the cell phone when I said that. <laughs> look it up, Shipley! I should check it with my drug dealer. Hang on. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it says here, X-Men made their first appearance in September 1963. However, three months earlier, in June of 63, yeah. Doom Patrol officially of the debut. So, keep, keep this part in, Mike. <laughs> yeah. So this may have been like, um, what's it called when two comics have the same kind of idea? Um, lateral thinking? La- kind of like lateral thinking could be going on here, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. yeah hard, uh, Doom Patrol's good. I think it's just a six-issue run right now. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't know that. But hopefully they'll bring it back. Uh, the next one is one, I'm Josh Williamson, but I'm not that keen on it, is Green Arrow. Yeah. I didn't um, mind it. I, I, yeah. Only because it's, I think it's a good way. When I was a kid, I enjoyed a lot of the team books where I had a lot of the characters. Yeah. So even if you're not a Green Arrow fan, maybe you're an Arsenal fan or Speedy or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the book. Right? <laughs> yeah. So it, it's almost more like a, uh, I'd categorize it like a Green Arrow family book, really. Yeah. I had no uh, idea that is. he had that many kids. That's well, the big my takeaway from the first <laughs> issue. You know, it's a lot of Nick Cannon inspired Green Arrow. Yeah. So you're enjoying the Green Arrow, like so. The, yeah. 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 Okay. And and now and, and granted, Green Arrow and Green Lantern are two books that I, I'm kind of partial on because yeah. uh, growing up reading a lot of the uh, the Hal Jordan, um, Ollie Queen stuff. Okay. You know, I like both those characters, and especially combined together, they're almost like an odd couple. Like a. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. What do you, Mike? I was of mixed feelings. I like seeing the Green Arrow family. I'm a big fan of uh, he and Dinah hanging out, Black Canary. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's cool that some of these. BC characters are getting a bit of a spotlight. Not a big fan on him getting sent to the future and, and going through all this. Um, again, I'm I'm getting tired of the multiverse and alternate universes, but that's just me. Um, I didn't I didn't hate it. I thought it was good. I don't know that I'll keep going with it, but um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm looking forward to him getting back, back to the normal universe. So yeah, I enjoy him more in like a more realistic setting. Ah, uh, yes, uh, yes. Corey, have you read? Uh... Yes, I I think it's okay. Yeah. I tend to not be a gigantic fan of family books, if only because it's a limited amount of pages, yep. and I feel like these characters deserve more. Okay, yeah, so yeah, So, yeah. you only get to see a few of them, and they each get, like, a couple of panels each of conversation and backstory mm. before they swap to somebody else. Yep. Uh, the general story, I think, is okay. I don't... It didn't pop out to me, but it's okay. Okay. Superboy Man of Tomorrow. Fantastic. So good. Yeah, uh, it's a new writer, too. I can't uh, oh, think of his name. That's cool. It's, I will say that I'm a big fan of the Conell uh, Superboy. I just thought back in the day, uh, mm-hmm. he was cool. We had the glasses and the jacket, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah. He had a little bit of a punk attitude. So yeah. he, he set himself apart there. It was. And I, I do like this idea of him not really feeling like he's at home with the Superman family and kind of going out and finding his own way in the universe. And it's a, it's a star-spanning story with him going out into the universe, kind of finding his own way and interacting with some new characters. So I, I do like that it's a mini. I think that'll work well for that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I've enjoyed it. It's actually, no, it's a writer I know, uh, Simon Spurrier. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's been fun. It mm-hmm. has. Fun, that's yeah. a great word. It's been yeah. a great way to explore Connor when it kind of seems like it's, a square peg with a round hole like mm-hmm. we yeah. already had John Kent for a while who was Superboy right. and then the whole idea with Connor before was that eventually he would become Superman yep. but now again that's John Kent's thing mm-hmm. so giving Connor a chance to really like show his own stuff is really cool yeah. mm-hmm. and they're doing well making him once again feel like an outsider yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. because now like the Ma and Paul Kent he knows is not his Ma and Paul mm-hmm. yeah yeah, I, I really dig it then we have Cyborg <laughs> well um, okay People out there are going to like There are people yeah, that probably do yeah, there, like it. There are. 
Um, I couldn't finish it. It feels... It was felt dated. That's the word I was going to use. It's a negative word, I think, in a way, but it, it did feel like an older When comic. you say dated, you mean like it felt like it was from the 80s? It does. Yeah. Like yeah. it reads it like... It really does. Okay. Even down and the looks art like, style. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Over-explanations. Uh, right. You, I guess you feel the same way, Corey. Just Absolutely. Kinda, yeah. Yeah, I didn't finish it. And it's a shame because, you know, it's a character that appeals to a lot of the younger yeah, uh, younger yeah. generation because of Teen Titans and Teen Titans Go. Yep, yep. Um, but, yeah, you figure you'd give it maybe like a fresher voice instead of like kind of a nostalgic 80s kind of tone to yeah, Cyborg. It, it feels like such a futuristic character. Yeah. Yes, so yes. being written dated. Mm-hmm. Right. It just it's feels a weird, weird juxtaposition yeah. it is. Shazam number one. Liked it. Liked it a lot. He's a character yeah. that I'm always kind of lukewarm on. I've, I've read mm-hmm. stories I like with him. There's others I don't care for. Um, I thought they nailed it. The tone was great. Yep. If, and if they're starting Shazam, to lean away think, from calling yeah. him Shazan. They start calling him the captain. The captain. Um, yeah, inside the mm-hmm. book. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if they worked out something legally to where, but you know, for the longest time, they, they avoided uh, Captain, any, any, Marvel. Captain Marvel. Yep. Wasn't there one point where speculators got went crazy when he was called Captain Marvel at the end there's of the book? John's yeah, there was run. a book here maybe a couple years ago, and they used Captain Marvel on the inside. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. People went nuts. Have you read Cyborg? I mean, Shazam. Yeah, it's been it's been really good. I think there's only been one or two issues so yeah, far, I think so they're, two. they're yeah, really two. just breaking into what their first story arc is going to be. But it looks yeah. like it's going to be good. And how much work can Dan Moore do? He's <laughs> really yeah, crazy. I, I love his art, though. I do. Yeah. Yeah. We have. Uh, Three books, uh, three debut books that came out. Uh, the Vigil, mm-hmm. City Boy, and Spirit World. Mm-hmm. And I'll start here. I like all three. Spirit World really, really impressed me. Mm-hmm. There's um, a big, big twist in that one, isn't there? There is a there's a decent twist, mm-hmm. and it's kind of it's kind of great too because we always talk about representation matters. Right. Uh, the main character in Spirit World, I do believe, is trans, mm-hmm. and they do it very subtly. They don't make it a obvious big, a big, right. big part of the the character. But it's there, and uh, yeah, that's my favorite of the books. And then City Boy, uh, what do you think, Mike? Have you read any of them? I, I read uh, Spirit World, which I liked. I thought it yep. was good. It made me want to read the second one. It felt new and fresh. Um, I tell you, the one that kind of surprised me there was the Vigil. I was like, Ron V, right? Yeah, yeah, it's Ron V. I was like, well, here we go. We're dealing with another authority Watchmen style alternate team. They're maybe a little brutal, a little rough, but mm-hmm. they do really cool, creative stuff with it. They're based out of India. Huh. Um, their powers are unique. But by the end of it, I was like, you know, I kind of like this. I, I wanted to read the next one, so. Yeah, I think for Vigil specifically, I want to see where they go with yes. the okay, story. Yes. I think that it has the potential to be good, but I think it also has the potential to kind of be meh. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, now, yeah, yeah. City Boy was fantastic, and Spirit World floored me. Oh, yeah. It was it was so good, right. and I think it does a really good job of capturing something that's like fun and whimsical and new all at the same time while being really well written. Yeah, and if you're a um, a character of the Bat Family, you definitely should at least pick up Spirit World because Cassandra Kane is. Yes, it's very cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool character. I've always liked her. Yeah, She's yeah. a fantastic. When does she start talking? But she speaks now, right? Yeah, she talks a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, all three are good. Well, mm-hmm. I haven't read City Boy yet. I'm interested. In that. You guys break down City Boy for me. What's that exactly like? So he's kind of got the power that he can find anything in the city. Like so, people if they lose their you know lost money, lost mm-hmm. whatever, he's able to just find where it's at in the city. It's like the city talks to him. So that kind of reminds me. Wasn't the authority that had a character where there was a city elemental, like he was in to, like elementally connected with the city like that? I in think a way? so. Yeah, there that's was. basically his power. Yeah, yeah. city elemental. Yeah, that's a cool idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's it's neat. It's also a Gotham story. So oh, yeah, he's in Gotham. Okay, so yeah. it's a lot of fun in that sense too. Okay. I'll check it out. So these are good, and they're all like kind of like in their mm-hmm. own. Like they've been introduced, kind of like how the milestone 
creations when they came out. Right. It's kind of it's kind of like that. So these are characters that I'm hoping DC sticks with because right now I think they're all miniseries. But I say especially if you're somebody that likes to get first appearance of characters and stuff mm-hmm. like this, you may want to get these because they could, they could be showing up everywhere. So sales wise, Spirit World's probably been the best of the three oh, in okay. store. Yeah. Um, City Boy second and and probably Vigil third. Okay. Sorry, Ryan. That's no, okay. It's okay. <laughs> but uh, but all three of them sold surprisingly well for for new DC titles. Hmm. And, um, yeah, you had to pick up. You had to end up getting more copies of them, didn't you? Yeah, I think we sold out of all of them except for Vigil. <laughs> but uh, I'll hold a Vigil for you. <laughs> oh. yeah. But no, it's uh, and, and and you're right. I think what DC's trying to do is they're, they're going to run them as miniseries, and then if they look at the sales on one of them and the sales look promising, they'll probably like re up it with a, a new number one, a second volume. You know, if there's good buzz, good word of mouth. I really like that idea. I, I mm-hmm. have become fond of miniseries. It's less of a commitment. And it if it's, is. If it's not that great, they can bring out a second volume. Like you say, the manga does that mm-hmm. a lot. Manga works in the idea of volumes. So mm-hmm. I, I, I like that idea. They've all been phenomenal. And it goes to the whole thing they were talking about with Donna DC is mm-hmm. uh, forging a future one hero at a time. So it's mm-hmm. good that they're kind of right. introducing new characters. Uh, speaking of forging, the last one of the new books that came out still works. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was my another big surprise for me. Like oh, it's written by Dor, uh, yeah. not Dorf. Dorf. <laughs> Dorf. 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 Dorf on comics. Dorf on comics. <laughs> yeah. Um, by uh, Worf. Whoa, yeah. yeah. Michael Dorf. And a lot of times when you get like people that have never written comics before and they're coming in with that celebrity. It can be touchy. It's going to be touchy, but I dug the first issue. Have you? Did anybody else here read it? I did. I thought it was fine. Um, it's kind of like one of the books we were talking about earlier, Green Arrow, was like, I, I liked it enough, but it didn't really do much for me personally. Um, right. I don't know that it'll pick up the second one, but I, I could see where someone would be into it, and I, I do like a lot of the ideas they're putting forth. Yeah. Corey? I usually like reading books into at least their first big story arc, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So I don't yeah. feel like they've gotten to that, obviously, yet in Steel Yeah, Wars, yeah, yeah. But it seems fine. Like, it, it mm-hmm. seems kind of meh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'll, I'll definitely wait and see how that first. This story is the vigil goes, all but... over again. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Replay. Yes. But you're gonna like you're gonna stick it with it a little bit. Yeah, at least yeah. for the first probably five or six issues. Okay. Right. Yeah, and I think it is an ongoing. So now we're gonna have Night Terror for the next two months, and we have gotten the first introduction to the second half of the year. The books they're gonna come out with, um, Flash 800 and Wonder Woman 800, both mm-hmm. had stories at the very end by the creative teams that are taking over. The new teams, yeah. Have you, Has anybody read uh, the Flash 800 or the Wonder Woman story? Jamie read Wonder Woman 800 and gave me the breakdown. It's very much um, like a wrapping up the f- series. Uh, okay. She said it's a lot of reverence to the character. Um, yep. Introduce a new kind of future storyline with a character that's kind of spoilery, so I won't get into that. But, but she felt it was reverential to the character and enjoyed mm-hmm. it, and it's a good stopping point now to pick up for Tom King's run, which I don't know what Tom King is possibly going to do with Wonder well, Woman. Well, no, that's the, uh, the, last 20, the last 15 pages are, the, are Tom King. And he said it's set a little bit in the future. Right, right. Mm. I've got to spoil a little bit. I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> um, it's set in the future. John Kent, Damien, and uh, Trinity, mm-hmm. who's Wonder Woman's daughter, daughter. Yeah. have all met. They're all playing the. They're all Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman now. Mm. And they're trying to do these tests so she can talk to this shadowy villain about her mother, some kind of secret to the whole Wonder Woman thing. And that's where Tom King's story is starting. Okay. Hmm. But uh, uh, to my understanding, Tom King's book is not going to be set in the future. It'll probably be a concurrent, like, flashes to the future, maybe. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of wondering how yeah. they're going to do that. Now, in Flash, the story just looks like it's continuing. Like, it's okay. just, there's nothing big that stand at, stood out in it. Um, you're not going to like it because it's still Mark Wade. I mean, still, not Mark Wade, Wally West Wally still. West, yeah. 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 But I do think they've also announced a new Penguin book. 
Yep. Tom King. With Tom King doing it. Yeah. More of that synergy with the uh, movies and shows. Yes. Uh, they're doing a new um, Birds of Prey. Mm-hmm. Yep. They've not announced really anything else, but I assume a Justice League is coming soon. Eventually. Oh, Titans. We didn't mention Titans. Oh, Titans. Okay. Uh, Let's mention Titans. Loved it. Thought it was great. Yeah. Two issues in. Uh, really good. I like the story with uh, mm. trying to figure out who killed the Flash. And <laughs> It was uh, Corey, wasn't it? You did it. You killed yeah. Wally. Wally, yes. 100%. And Wally. the twist at the very end with Brother Blood and the way they're kind of re-doing yeah, really the characters. Mm. Great. Yeah. Yeah. No, DC's, I mean, they've made a concerted effort because they don't have a, a Justice League book right now. Nope. So no. they've made a concerted effort, I guess, going forward that Titans is going to kind of be their A-list team book. Mm-hmm. But I kind of wonder if this whole Donna DC will lead up to a new Justice League book. I mean, it's just it's silly because you're leaving money on the table because mm-hmm. a Justice League book would easily sell. Yeah. And it goes back to what you were saying. Like a lot of times a kid wants to read a book that has mm-hmm. all the big superheroes in it. Yes. Justice League is that book. It's that book. Yeah. yeah. I'm getting seven seven characters for price one. Do you think yeah. that letting it rest for a while and giving it a little break and then bringing it back later will drive sales? So there Justice is League? that because that, that did work for, for X-Men. Uh, there was a break there where Marvel wasn't pushing X-Men mm-hmm. when um, they were fighting over the rights with Fox. And then all of a sudden, when X Men came back, like all the X Men fans were um, anxious to jump on that Jonathan Hickman run. Yep. Uh, so I think it's the same. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right, Mike. I think absence makes the heart grow fonder, right? Oh, nice, Is that nice. the yeah, yeah. And and so just people kind of they they don't realize what they got until it's gone. So you take Justice League away mm-hmm. for a little bit, and then they're like, oh man, I, I miss a. Uh, I miss hanging out the Watchtower with uh, <laughs> with Martian Manhunter, or, you know. Yeah, at this point, um, the last issue of Justice League came out April 26, 2022. So, yeah, yeah, it's going was on. Was that Justice League 75? That was Justice League 75, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's been a minute. Yeah. Um, but, but Titans is, I mean, this is the thing people forget. Titans was DC's big team book in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't, uh, yeah, it wasn't yeah. Justice League. As good as Justice League was, and I did enjoy the Kevin Maguire um, uh, run of Justice League. Yeah, but uh, Titans but was basically like their w- X-Men. Wolfman and Perez on Titans was their X-Men. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I, I hope they leave Justice League dead for as long as they can. Mm. Okay. I, yeah. I just think that transitioning to the the new heroes with Titans and the new team, I think it can only be good yep. for creativity, yeah. for stories going forward, and for people's interest in DC Comics as a whole. Yeah. yeah. And, and, to sh- it, and to shine a light on some characters that don't get a lot of spotlight. Mm. Yeah. And it feels natural, a natural progression for the it characters. Does. They're finally getting that sp- right. spotlight to step yes. up. Yeah, but I, I hope uh, people that are listening to this, like you've, you've found some new DC books, because yep. I honestly think right now we're in such a good time for comics. Mm-hmm. Marvel's doing well, yeah. DC's doing well, Image is doing well. Uh, I'm, I'm just really enjoying Donna DC right now. Me too. And it's yeah. like, you know, read the issue, the number ones that come out. Um, if you don't end up digging them, yeah. you can easily unsubscribe to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and there'll be a new number one the next week after that. So. Yeah. <laughs> there's always like, new number there's ones. There's always new number <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, so yeah. if you yeah. don't like this bus, just wait a minute and there's another bus that's coming yeah. by. But it feels like this is not something that DC is going to a year from now just like uh, just abandon and move Hopefully. on to something yeah. else. Yeah, this feels like something that they're going to stay with for a minute. And I like the tone. I like the feel of the whole thing. You know, there for a few years, there was such a back and forth with what Didio and, or Didio, right. however you say his name, and, and Jeff Johns. It's mm-hmm. like they wanted to take the company in one direction and then they would go another direction and they kept Generation rebooting. Five, yeah. yeah, all that. So yeah, it yeah. seems like they finally settled on this feeling that, yeah. I, that I really like. Yeah. yeah. I'm still not sure if it's smart for them to now put that all aside for two months to do this night terror it's really weird timing yeah uh have you sent a lot of people that have been interested in the night terror books when they do stuff like that it, it's it's kind of a mixed bag because you'll get some people like the batman people want to read the batman night terror yeah but then there's some some batman people who are like well 
if this doesn't forward the Batman narrative overall, mm-hmm. if it's just a two month what if, yeah, then maybe I, I skip this. You know, these two okay. issues. Yep. So I mean, for every new reader, we probably lose a reader that just doesn't want to <laughs> read. That'll wait till September to come back into it. Right. Wake mm-hmm. me up when September comes. <laughs> um, are you going to do the Night Terror stuff? I will, and I'll honestly probably read night terror books in lines that I don't currently read. Okay. Just because I like to stay on top of these big crossover things and mm-hmm. I always think they're at least somewhat entertaining. Mm-hmm. So you're going to do all, I think it's 48 books? Yep. So it's going to be a big commitment and uh, I'm going to do it. People listening right now, uh, Bill's eyes just became dollar signs. <laughs> <laughs> if you've ever seen those Uncle Uncle Scrooge car- cartoons. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, but to, to kind of wrap this up, does anybody have any recommendations? I do, and it's, oh. a, it's a strange one because I absolutely loathe the Michael Bay Transformers movies. I, okay. I hate what he did with it. He just missed the mark completely. They needed to have the heart and soul of the Marvel movies, and it was a complete opposite. But I'm going to go out and recommend Rise of the Beasts, the new Transformers oh, movie okay. that came out. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, do yeah. it. Mm-hmm. I, I, do I 100% love it? No. But I thought it was good. It was entertaining. The heart was in the right place. Mm-hmm. Um, it went by quickly. It felt just like a good summer blockbuster movie. It wasn't insulting. Um, it wasn't crass and a bunch of TNA like Michael Bay. Um, okay. it, it's just a nice, good little... Kind of like Bumblebee. Yeah, it, it, it felt like a natural progression of Bumblebee, which I also liked quite a bit. Um, again, I not exactly what I would do with the franchise, but, you know, close enough. And um, I had a good time with it. And I thought there's some cool creative stuff. Uh, characters were cool. I like the Maximals a lot. So anyone that's kind of on the fence or curious about it, go, go and check it out. I think you'll have fun with it. I is a really good credit sequence. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can spoil it. No, don't. <laughs> My floor hit the... Actually, okay. Jamie and I, we saw it together, and we just turned and looked at each other, jaws on the floor. We're like, whoa, that's okay. awesome. Excellent. So. Uh, Corey, do you have anything? My recommendation is going to be something we've already talked about, the Spirit World book. Oh, I just oh think yeah, yeah. yeah. It it's been the best piece of media that I've consumed probably in the last two wow. months. Wow. Really? Yeah. Okay. And on nice. top of that, it's it. just so rare that you see them come out with, first of all, a brand new character in right. comics, and second of all, that they nail it on yep. the first try. Mm-hmm. Yep. So absolutely recommend it. Yeah. It's such a good book. Bill? Uh I'm gonna make two recommendations. Ooh, I was going well. Look at you being whoa. That's right. That's because you got all this. You're excited about all this money you're about to get for night terrors. <laughs> I'm gonna recommend night terrors. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm all gonna, 48 uh, issues. I'm gonna recommend. So uh, my my initial recommendation was gonna be season three of the Royal Gemstones Ooh, on HBO. Oh yeah. Uh, just started. Yep. Um, I guess maybe a week ago, two weeks ago. Uh, and then I also want to throw a secondary recommendation for, because um, we me and Corey were talking about it earlier today, it was Kingdom Come. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you haven't read Kingdom Come, uh, that's probably one of my favorite DC stories that uh, we have it in graphic novel. Maybe you have it in issue form, too. Oh, wow. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's all Alex Ross art written by Mark Wade. Um, you know, premise was uh, is futuristic superheroes gone kind of kind of overboard. And, and it's kind of timeless. You can read it whenever. Yeah. You can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's set kind of in a, in a future time, and uh, it, it's kind of neat to see, you know, like an older Superman and an older Batman. You kind of you kind of get an idea of, of where they're they're going to be forty years from now, fifty years from now. Mm-hmm. You know, Batman's broken down. He has to wear like an exoskeleton suit. To, mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course the art. And yeah, and the beautiful Alex Ross yeah. art. So yeah, so yeah. I, I want to recommend Kingdom Come also. Nice. Yep. I'm going to recommend a YouTube video oh mm. uh this is from somebody named super eye patch wolf and this may be why i did my analogy earlier to the shield um he just did an hour and a half video called the unreality of pro wrestling where he follows the career of roman reigns okay mm. um and it's fascinating because it does happen to where the audience 
turns on Roman Reigns so much as a so character. So bad. <laughs> Even though they keep Roman Reigns as a face, right. but the audience hates him so much mm-hmm. and just the anguish that... Why did, they, uh, why did they hate Roman Reigns? So what ended up happening was they had the shield, right? Which mm-hmm. was the Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, and uh, Roman, Roman Reigns. Reigns. So in reality, so basically they ended up, when they split them up, the plan they were thinking oh we'll have three massive stars that can finally you know replace john cena because he's kind of getting out of it doing the movies. um but they put more they hitched their wagons more to roman reigns but the right. audience wanted dean ambrose because you know dean ambrose has that that kind of stone cold steve austin cm punk feel where he's okay. like not a part of the corporation anti-establishment yeah mm-hmm. anti-establishment but they went with Roman Reigns, and a lot of people felt, oh, he's just because he's got a better look. He's also related to The Rock. Okay. Um, so he's what? based on what the corporation wants. Like, I didn't even know people liked Roman Reigns to begin with. Yeah. I didn't they, like him they, when he came out never, as part of the Shield. They never so, really did. He, they were to answer your question more specifically. Mm-hmm. I think um, I think the people revolted against him because he felt so fake. Nothing felt natural. Nothing and felt forced. real. Very forced. Yeah. And yeah. then they got even more frustrated because they weren't listening to the hands reaction. They kept, they just doubled down. They're like, no, okay. we're going to keep doing it more and more and more. And they would make him say ridiculous yeah, things. Like, they, they, Vince actually had him come out and say, suffering succotash. And then wink to the audience. Oh, oh suffering succotash. In and then 2002 yeah. or um, one, I forget when it was. So but. then at 2006 Royal Rumble, Daniel Bryan gets hurt before the Royal Rumble, right? Mm-hmm. So, in the audience, they've been pushing the story that Daniel Bryan is going to become, he's going to go to WrestleMania, he's going to get the belt, right? He's the underdog, mm-hmm. right? He, once he gets thrown out of the Royal Rumble, the audience completely starts booing because then Roman Reigns comes down next. Mm. And then they realize, Roman Reigns is probably going to win this Rumble. Right. So, at the rest of that, anytime he did something that a face would do, mm-hmm. um, they would boo. And at the end, when he finally wins the Royal Rumble, mm-hmm. they have The Rock come down to try, oh. to, to, try to get that. Try to get him over? Get him over. Yeah. And The Rock can't get him over. Wow. Just watching Roman Reigns' face and The Rock's face so, when those when the crowd is just totally eating him up mm-hmm. is just so hard because you can tell this guy, this is like the greatest night of his life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this audience who a year ago had loved him as part of the shield right. has now completely turned on him. And not turned on him. His character yeah. turned on him as a person. As a person. Yeah. And because they felt like Vince was pushing them down their throats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, so, uh, yeah. yeah. So the guy does a great job of following the whole path of Roman Reigns from the beginning to Roman Reigns of now, who is super over yes. oh, as yes. a villain. And he's been part of probably the best story in modern wrestling. Oh, Since wow. the 80s. Uh, the wow. bloodline. Um, mm-hmm. And he also does this hmm. great thing where he flashes back to Ring of Honor and this wrestler named El Generico and Kevin Stein mm-hmm. and how much they end up figuring in later on to the Roman mm-hmm. Reigns huh. stuff. But it's good. I, okay. It's an hour and a half and I I watched it in one setting. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 fantastic. And I will say, I do want to add that I've been obviously in wrestling since the 80s. Mm-hmm. I, I've never changed my opinion on someone as much as I have with Roman Reigns. I loathed him as a face. Mm-hmm. I was with these people. It's like, God, please stop with him. Yeah. As soon as they turned him heel, they put him with Paul Heyman. Right. Something clicked and it Same. was awesome. Now I love Roman Reigns. Oh, so you watch, nails uh, it. you watch it too? I do. Yeah. And I actually, I didn't even like Roman Reigns as part of the Shield. Right. I didn't like the okay. Shield in general. Yeah. Um, I didn't like Roman Reigns when they separated. Probably because you were seven at the time, and you're like, <laughs> I can't like the bad guys. 
I no, I actually didn't like John Cena at that time either. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. My favorite wrestler at that time was either Randy Orton or Edge. Okay, nice. Nice. oh nice. But okay. Regardless, I didn't like him when they separated. Uh, I did start liking him when when he turned heel, but I kind of think the bloodline story has been played out. It's been going on too long. Okay. I don't think that they should have had Roman Reigns be this like massive record-setting history book champion yeah. when I still think on his own, he's kind of meh. Right. Um, but it was definitely the right move to make yeah, him a yeah, heel. Yeah, mm. yeah. but it, it's a fascinating documentary. I say if you um, are like watch wrestling today or even like maybe in the past, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's fascinating. But yes. you know what? I think we did a great episode, guys. Yeah, well, yeah. you know what? I would, I would go with great. Yeah, I think if the we were from the audience of the Royal Rumble, they would have cheered us. <laughs> <laughs> There'd be signs up right now saying Ryan three sixteen. Well, that's yeah. right. <laughs> Ryan three sixteen says, "Look it up." <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, it has been a great episode, yeah. but you know we're we're pushing a little long in the world. I think it's time to go ahead and wrap it up. I suppose, mm. Corey. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, Excellent. Yes. Yeah, appreciate our guest. Thank you so much for having. Thanks, me. Corey. It's been a oh, and uh, Fanboy is this oh, weekend. Yes. yes. Uh, seventh mm-hmm. through the ninth. Seventh through the ninth. Come by uh, and see us. Yeah, lots of big, huge um celebrities are gonna be this year. Mm-hmm. Fans of wrestling. Uh, Juan Carlo, Jean uh, Carlo Espinito, Kevin Smith. Uh, it's insane the list it's huge yeah yeah um the bonic man the six million dollar woman uh kurt angle uh mama's, Whoa, kurt mama's, angle? mama's yeah. family mama's family reunion what yeah. mama's f- okay the all american, the ho- the american voices for goku and vegeta from dragon ball z are gonna be awesome there. yeah um Your all the hobbits level. except elijah woods yeah yeah oh. yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's uh it's it's a big year. It's a big year. Yeah. So, yeah, if you can get out and make it, come by and see us. We're going to have two booths set up. So I Absolutely. Hope to see yeah. you at Fanboy. I'm Mike D. I'm Ryan. I'm Bill. And I'm Corey. See Bye. you in the funny books. Bye. 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 Bye.